This is Boston Scott, and you're listening to the Birds Banter Podcast. I'm living in that 21st century, doing something mean to it. Do it better than anybody you ever seen do it. Screams from the haters, got a nice ring to it. I guess every superhero need his theme music. No one man should have all that power. The clock's ticking, I just count the hours. Stop tripping, I'm tripping off the power. What's going on, Eagles Nation? Welcome to the latest episode of the Birds Banter Podcast. This is your host, Matt Loopy, and today the Eagles are coming off of a 27-17 loss against the Washington football team. They're starting off this season 0-1, a game that a lot of fans imagined they would get off to a hot start and start 1-0, but unfortunately they take the loss. We're going to talk about everything today. Um, We've got an episode coming out again on Wednesday, every single Wednesday throughout the entire season, and catch us on Instagram Live every single Monday evening at 8 p.m. That's when we're going to do our question and answer. And as we further develop that, I'm going to try to get some fans on um, requesting to be on Instagram Live with me, debate about some topics. So really looking forward to that. So if you're not following Birds Banter already, follow Birds Banter PHL on Instagram and catch the Instagram Live content as long as a lot of other stuff over there. So definitely a great follow for you guys if you're enjoying Birds Banter content. But today for the podcast, we're going to talk about Everything that went right, everything that went wrong against Washington. And um, again, I mentioned this last week, but I apologize in advance if I slip up and say the Redskins. If there's one positive that comes from this game, it's that we don't have to worry about going from Redskins to Washington football team when we talk about the Eagles opponent uh, all week. They got a little bit of a break from Washington for uh, until later in the year. Now we got the Rams coming week two. But first things first. Let's talk about the positives. So, as you guys remember, the first drive, man, was fantastic. Carson Wentz looked so good. He hit, uh, you know, Zach Ertz on the on the touchdown pass. It was amazing. You know, Wentz was making great decisions. The offense was rolling. The running running uh, game wasn't really involved much, but they didn't need it. You know, all the passes were being completed. Deshaun Jackson was involved early. The tight ends were heavily involved early. Um, you know, they kept it rolling. Dallas Goddard scored a touchdown. Jake Elliott snuck in a field goal. 17-0. Going into half, going to half they were 17-7. But um, all the way up to the end of the second quarter, the Eagles were winning 17-0. Great, great start for the Eagles. Something that I didn't imagine because of all the injuries, especially on the offensive line. I thought Washington was going to give the Eagles a really tough start, especially that great defensive line going going against a rattled offensive line, a matchup that was really exploited later in the uh, later in the game when Washington found their momentum. However, Eagles start off really hot. Carson Wentz looked great. Offensive line held their own for a couple of drives. The receivers were getting separation. Tight ends were doing their thing down below. Everything was all in well for the Eagles on defense. I believe they forced two straight three and outs. You know, Malik Jackson looked amazing, which is really, really promising because the Eagles did not have Malik Jackson for pretty much the entire season last year. Week one, he suffered that Liz Frank injury, that injury that is keeping um, Alshon Jeffrey out right now, kept Jalen Mills out, that really, really tough injury to the foot and the ankle area. But Malik Jackson, he's back. He looks healthy and he looks dominant. And once Javon Hargrave comes back, that defensive tackle unit is going to be unstoppable. 
watch out opposing offensive lines because what the red or what Washington just did to the Eagles a couple days ago, that's what the Eagles should be doing to opposing teams every single week. If that defensive tackle trio stays healthy, they're also probably going to get Derek Barnett back pretty soon. Brandon Graham looked pretty solid. Unfortunately, right now, he is in concussion protocol. Vinny Curry is going to be out for an expected four weeks. Josh Sweat looks pretty good. Um, so looking forward to the Eagles stepping. Oh, also, Gerard Avery. He got hurt late in, late in the training camp process. Everybody thought he was going to either not make the team, end up on IR. He got some snaps week one. Um, kudos to him for making a great recovery. I think that was a very underrated headline from this game because, um, you know, the Eagles had to let go of a couple key players because they were keeping Gerard Avery on the active roster. Um, Noah Togiai was claimed, and a lot of people think that Gennard Avery could have been on the IR and they could have kept Togiai around. However, you know, Gennard Avery, he's healthy. He played a little bit, looked pretty good. So um, looking forward to seeing what he can do. Going back to offense, what went well? Okay, um, you know the, the receivers were getting pretty good separation. That one long pass of Jalen Rager from Carson Wentz was so good. The second one where he missed him um, looked like Jalen Rager really slowed down a bit and uh, ended up Carson Wentz overthrew him. But if he just kept running through his route, it would have been a touchdown easily. So Rager needs to make sure that him and Wentz are on the same page, that they both trust each other, that they can hit each other in stride and make sure they're getting these long completions because Wentz's arm strength looked fantastic. He worked on gaining some weight, some muscle mass this offseason. He looks stronger. looks like he's throwing the ball like crazy. I mean, I don't know. I noticed that it looked like he was throwing the ball pretty high, but it was still getting insane distance. So I don't know if he was just trying to throw high to get over the D-line the D um, because they were always collapsing on him, but... He was launching the ball, and it was still going 50-plus yards on those attempts to Rager and Jackson. So very promising out of Wentz, but unfortunately, there are a good amount of negatives to this game, which we're going to get to. As I'm sure you've seen from the episode description or the episode title, we're going to be talking mostly about the Eagles' quote-unquote retooled offense. So what Doug Peterson and Howie Roseman stressed this offseason, and I'm going to get into a little bit of a rant here, which is kind of off topic from week one, but more of the Eagles' scope as an entire organization. What they did in 2016 was a rebuild. They, for the that year and years prior, um, they got rid of a lot of players. They accumulated draft picks. Finally, in 2016, they're like, okay, we're going to go get our quarterback. Right now, they had Sam Bradford on the team. Sam Bradford was supposed to start that year, as you all remember. They draft Carson Wentz. Sam Bradford gets traded for amazing value. Carson Wentz is now the starter. So he's already one step ahead in his progression. He was going to sit out his rookie year or play very limited amount of games. 2016, he played very good. I mean, for a rookie, played very good, not compared to the entire league. But the Eagles put some wins together, had a pretty disappointing season overall, but showed some promise. Going into 2017, they knew that they were pretty close, a couple pieces away. So they start bringing more veterans. You know, they brought in um, Chris Long. They brought in um, Patrick Robinson, LeGarrette Blunt. They trade for Jay Ajayi. They bring in these experienced playmakers that can play different roles and contribute to a winning team and hopefully make the playoffs. All of a sudden, the Eagles catch fire and they're the hottest football team in the entire league. Um, come week six, seven, eight, the Eagles were what everybody was talking about. 
Carson Wentz looked amazing. The offense was rolling. I mean, if you guys remember, they played, you know, the Cardinals, uh, 49ers. They put up like 28 points in the first half of those games. They were on fire. Nelson Aguilar, Torrey Smith, Alshon Jeffrey, that receiving core was lethal. So they go on and win the Super Bowl. All is well. But once you win the Super Bowl, unless you're the Patriots, it's very rare for a team to have very good success and sustain it for the next few seasons. So Harry Roseman and Doug Peterson came out and mentioned this. They, they admit it. After we win the Super Bowl, we think we have about two to three years to win again. So what do they do? They keep the same kind of mindset. They bring in more veterans. In 2018, they get Michael Bennett. Um, they're still keeping other guys around, but um, they go get a guy like Michael Bennett and other difference makers for the team that can contribute. You know, 2019, they go get Jordan Howard in a trade. They bring in um, some guys on the defensive side of the ball. They're letting players go in all this process, but they're getting better each and every year, you know, roster-wise. 2017, their roster was stacked. They accumulated so many injuries, but the depth was still so good. 2018, you look at the team and you're like, wow, this team might be better than 2017. Then injuries hit. It's a different story. 2019, you know, you go get Deshaun Jackson. You're thinking, this team's even better than the last two years. Even they won the Super Bowl. Even they got a playoff win in 2018. This team is better than both of those. Then, again, injury bug hits. 2019, the Eagles' mindset was clearly different. Going into uh, free agency, going into the draft. You know, they had so many draft picks, which was rare. I think the last time they had this many draft picks was 2015 or 2016. I can't remember. But they kept eight, nine draft picks. Um, normally, they're trading those away. They're trying to, you know, move around a little bit, move up in the draft. They keep all their draft picks. I mean, they, they had some trades. They traded you know, for Marquise Goodwin, did some late trades in the draft. But a majority of their picks, they kept. They kept the same value. They're drafting players with a lot of speed, a lot of upside, a lot of athleticism. Guys like Davion Taylor, guys like Quez Watkins probably, Sean Bradley, um, Kayvon Wallace, Casey Tuhill. These draft picks, they're not necessarily going to be difference makers year one. Maybe special teams, yeah, hopefully. But as starters, as role players, they're not making an impact. That's the difference between this year and the past couple of years. Last couple of years, these role players that they were bringing in, these difference makers, they were veterans. They were bringing in guys that they know what they're getting out of them for good value. This year, a majority of the players that they brought in um, you know, besides Darius Slay, um, Will Parks, and, uh, you know, Jason Peters, who they brought back. Besides those moves, the Eagles built through the draft, and they called it retooling. So there's my little rant. Just wanted to explain that the Eagles knew their Super Bowl window was closing. The Eagles probably don't look at this year as a year that they want to win the Super Bowl. And I'm not changing my mindset about the season at all. I know that the Eagles lost a game already but I still see them as a playoff contender and that they can make some noise in the playoff. The NFC is very competitive this year. I don't think that they're definitely favorites to win the Super Bowl. That's very far-fetched. But what I'm saying is the Eagles look at this team as a team that they need to develop a lot. And next year, the year after, they're probably going to go for it. They're going to probably start this cycle again of getting more veterans. They're going to build a very good young core 
like what they had in 16 and 17, and then they're going to build around that. So this whole retooling of the offense, offense and defensive side of the ball, they try to go get uh, healthier players, more athletic players, faster players. They did that. The offense that lined up, although there were some injuries, the offense that they lined up, you have Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard, both phenomenal tight ends, obviously. Wide receivers, Deshaun Jackson and Jalen Rager were the first wide receivers on the field. Then you have J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, impressing in camp, looks a little bit faster. You have John Hightower, speeds out of Boise State. You have Greg Ward, has a good amount of speed, but he's you know pr- predominantly in the slot. Running back, Boston Scott, very quick. Corey Clement, very quick. You're missing Miles Sanders, but the running backs are very quick. All over the entire offense, it's retooled. I don't care about the injuries. They retooled this offense. They succeeded at that. However, their offense did not live up to the potential in week one. The first couple drives, it looked amazing. You take that performance every single week and you add Lane Johnson to that, you add Miles Sanders to that, you add more snaps to Deshaun Jackson, you add Alshon Jeffrey, there's no way this team can't win 12 games. That was how the, how good they were looking. Carson Wentz looked phenomenal. Then all of a sudden, Carson Wentz makes poor decisions. He throws two interceptions, he puts the ball on the ground trying to do too much, fumbles it away. The offensive line, man, it was rough. Jason Peters got, you know, Chase Young got the best of him a little bit. Isaac Samalo did not look good. Jason Kelsey could have been better. Nate Herbig, better than I thought, honestly. Jack Driscoll, he got eaten alive. Jordan Mailata came in late in the game, and what what is interesting is all offseason when the Eagles had injuries against the or along the offensive line, had to move players around. Matt Pryor was the one that they wanted to put in everywhere at any time. All of a sudden, he doesn't start week one. Jack Driscoll, Jack Driscoll gets to start right tackle and uh, Nate Herbig at right guard. And then Jack Driscoll goes down with an injury, which uh, we are told that he is fine now. He can play. Matt Pryor doesn't go in. Jordan Mailata gets his first action in, what, three or four years, which is amazing. I don't know what happened with them and Matt Pryor, but there was some falling out that they did not trust him or did not want him to get onto the field in week one. So all of a sudden, you know, Lane Johnson, uh, I'm going to take a little bit of segue here. Lane Johnson talked to Derek Gunner, uh, sorry, Derek Gunn today on his podcast, and he said he is good to go week two. Doug is still listing him as day-to-day, which is a little bit concerning because Lane said he was good to go week one, game time decision, then they end up pulling him. But he seemed very, very confident today that he's going to play week two, which is a huge help. Carson Wentz needs Lane Johnson back in the in the game. You know, I'd rather have the weaknesses of the offensive line on the interior than on the exterior. So I'd rather Lane Johnson is a clear, clear upgrade over Jack Driscoll at right tackle. But overall, I'm not blaming this loss on the injuries. I'm not blaming it on the fact that Miles Sanders couldn't play. I'm not blaming it on any of that. Because you saw what the Eagles could do in their first three drives. Put a lot of points on the board. They looked fantastic. And if you look at the game as a whole, you know, go back to the stats. The Eagles controlled this game in far as, as far as possession. They had 30 minutes and 30, 36 seconds. You know, not a huge majority, but they did have a majority of the ball most of the time. Total yards. Beat the uh, Washington out by about 30 yards total. The difference, you know, more first downs as well. The difference, 
the turnovers. The Eagles had three turnovers compared to Washington had zero. Carson Wentz having all of these turnovers here. Two interceptions and one fumble. Poor decisions on the interceptions. You know, fumble could have been another poor decision because you know he was taking way too many hits. And this is a little bit of a negative I've found with Carson Wentz throughout his entire career. He has this, you know, aggressive mindset, which I love about him. But the fact that he came from such a small school in college, he could do it all there. The competition wasn't as good. He comes to the league. He wants to escape the pocket. He wants to run around, escape all these sacks, which he is very good at. You you put on some Carson Wentz highlights. If you got any friends that are non-Eagles fans, I'm sure they always hate on Carson Wentz. I mean, some of my friends that don't like the Eagles, they always trash on Carson Wentz because they think he can't stay healthy. You know, you, you pull up the highlights. What he does in his highlights looks like an elite quarterback. Yes, he has to stay healthy. He has to make good decisions. Um, which has been an issue the past couple of seasons, but he has all the talent in the world. But sometimes, this was an issue last year for most of the most of the season. Carson Wentz needs to be smarter in many aspects of the game. He needs to take more checkdowns, and he needs to get rid of the ball and know when he can't take a hit. There was a couple sacks when there was no protection. You know, someone coming right for Carson Wentz. Just throw the ball away. You have that split second to see the see the uh, defender coming in across the line at you. Chuck it away. Throw it out of bounds. You know, you you have the this injury history. You have a beat up offensive line. There's no reason you should be trying to take eight sacks per game. Obviously, Carson Wentz doesn't want to take eight sacks, but there was way too many times where he was holding the ball and trying to stay into the play too long. Best case scenario, Carson Wentz tries to throw the ball away. He gets it out, still gets hit. Eagles get 15 yards. The the NFL is so strict on these late hits, and the Eagles should be using that as an advantage. You know, get Carson Wentz, get the ball out of his hands very quickly. And if the offensive line breaks down, if if he still gets the ball out, you're probably going to get roughing the passer a good amount of times throughout the game. Because the, the blitzes are going to be coming. You can you can make sure of that. So that's my take on Carson Wentz. You know, the offense as a whole. Um, I just gotta say the Eagles definitely missed Miles Sanders as the running back, and they also missed Alshon Jeffrey a lot. When you watched the plays, Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson went deep a lot. Whether they were getting the ball targeted to them or not, they were running a lot of deep routes. What they missed was a possession receiver. I mentioned this a couple nights ago on Instagram Live. Possession receiver, someone like Alshon Jeffrey. He is the definition of a possession receiver. You know who's trying to build into that role? J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. J.J.'s stat line uh, on Sunday, 28 snaps, zero targets, zero receptions, zero yards. All of a sudden, this player that was supposed to be improving so much throughout the offseason was not even targeted. The Eagles can't run an offense. I know they want to get faster. I know that's where the NFL is moving. You can't run an offense just trying to throw deep every single play. It's not going to work. You need that player that you can definitely, you can get that surefire first down whenever you need it. Someone that's going to attack the ball. Alshon Jeffrey is one of the best at that. You can say what you want about Jeffrey. You can say what uh, whatever you believe about him. Everybody has to agree that he is one of the best receivers at attacking the ball. No doubt about it. 
no matter his age, no matter his injury history, he goes and attacks the football. You didn't see that when Carson Wentz threw the interceptions, uh, to J- uh, attempted to Jalen Rager and attempted to John Hightower. Yes, those were poor, poor decisions by Carson Wentz. But yes, Rager and Hightower could have made a better attempt at attacking the ball, making a play on it, just knocking it down. That comes with maturity. That comes with aggressiveness and wanting to be there, wanting to be in the game. Alshon Jeffrey has that. Looking forward to Alshon Jeffrey getting back on the field. I don't see it happening this week. I think hopefully week three, week four, he's going to be good to go. I'm, I'm so glad that Jalen Rager was able to get onto the field. Um, other, than, other than that, you know, huge gain, he really didn't have a great game. Um, again, like I said, made that mistake on the deep route, but also, you know, muffed a punt, which could have been really bad. Um, the Eagles really need to make sure that he can be a full-time punt returner because he's explosive. He can make, he can make it happen. Give some, uh, you know, throwback vibes to, uh, when Deshaun Jackson was returning punts in his first stint with the Eagles years ago. I'm not somebody to blame a specific player or a specific positional group or a specific coach for a loss. I think, you know, you play a game for 60 minutes. There's a lot of opportunity to win a game. There's a lot of opportunity to come back from a deficit, um, extend a lead, which the Eagles failed to do. So I don't really agree with people just honing in on, hey, this injury or this uh, loss is just on the injuries. This loss is on Doug Peterson. This loss is on Carson Wentz because honestly, it's a team effort. The only time I would really blame a player for a loss is if the offense was playing perfect, the defense was playing perfect, and then all of a sudden a turnover late in the game or missed field goal. Then if you can point out just one thing that went wrong, then you can blame someone in my opinion. But when the offense just sputtered, broke down, the play calling was questionable and injuries to add on to it, you can't blame anyone. You have to you can't blame just one person. You have to blame everyone. Um, the defense had a great outing, in my opinion. Avante Maddox, Darius Slay, Malik Jackson, um, Nate Gary all played very well, in my opinion. And uh, it was a wasted performance. I know the Eagles led up 27 points, but that was part partly to the fact that the Eagles had three turnovers. The defense was on the field a lot. The Eagles offense would try to get something rolling. All of a sudden, turn the ball over. Defense is right back out there. So it's very tough for them to find their groove. Also, um, there's no crowd energy, so that's tough for a defense to get adjusted to. But, you know, I'm looking forward to what the Eagles can do in the future. I think this is going to spark a fire in them. They're going to get some players back. Hopefully, Lane Johnson and Miles Sanders will be ready to go. Hoping Derek Barnett will be ready to go. Um, but you know what? This, this loss was tough. Um, still trying to get over it and figure out how to deal with it. But, you know, the Eagles have a lot of talent loads of talent on this team they have great coaches but they need to focus on getting Carson Wentz out of the pocket more designing better plays to highlight their strengths they have a lot of speed and they have a lot of great tight ends there are two great tight ends and they need to make sure that they limit their weaknesses can't hold the ball too long because the offensive line is questionable you know can't rely too much on um, a running back like Corey Clement so you have to make sure that Miles Sanders is healthy and ready to go and can be that lead back so the Eagles got some work to do. I'm sure it's going to be a very tough week for them at practice, but uh, looking forward to next week against the Rams. Some initial thoughts I'm going to leave you guys with against the for the Rams going on the Eagles offense. Um, they need to come out hot again. They, get, they need to get the momentum. They're back in Philly. Um, home field, 
doesn't really give them much of an advantage because there's no fans. There's just going to be cardboard cutouts, um, which is pretty cool. Um, kind of what you see in baseball, but I did not get one. I, you know, the Eagles came out and they said, you can buy a cardboard cutout for a hundred dollars, but there's no guarantee of where you're going to be placed in the stadium. So yes, I could, could have bought one, had a cool picture and been placed, um, right behind the goalpost and you could see it all game, or I could be up in the nosebleeds, pay a hundred dollars for something I would never see. So, you know, wasn't really worth it in my opinion they weren't going to take personalized photos they were just going to take a picture of the section and email you and say hey you're in seat uh 22 road j go find yourself so i did not get one but there's going to be plenty of them out there they posted a video today i believe i saw it on linkedin um swoop was placing them around the stadium so pretty cool to see um washington didn't have anything like that but anyways no home field advantage so eagles don't really have much of an advantage here as far as crowd noise goes obviously they're going to be familiar with their stadium and familiar with their field um but on offense Carson Wentz needs to be smarter with the ball can't have any turnovers I predicted seven interceptions for him all season and he already has two so uh not a great start for Carson Wentz and my prediction however offensive line they need to be a lot better they need to make sure that they control Aaron Donald that's that's the the main problem here is Aaron Donald. Miles Sanders, if he's back, he needs to be in pass protection many times. If you guys saw the video clip, Aaron Donald blew through three guys on the Cowboys team. The center, the guard, and then Ezekiel Elliott. Got right to Dak Prescott. He is a man amongst boys out there. He is a fast, strong player. So dominant. The most dominant defensive lineman in the league. No question about it. Um, but you can scheme against him. Make sure you're moving the play um, away from him, getting Jason Kelsey on him every single play, making sure you're getting that double team, and making sure Miles Sanders is back, ready to go, and can pass protect for Carson Wentz. Give him that extra one or two seconds so he can air it out or just you know take a check down, whatever is there for him. Wentz needs to be smarter. Offensive line needs to block better. Easier said than done, especially this game. But if they wouldn't have any chance this season – especially against the 49ers, the Ravens, the Steelers. Man, they got to step up heavy. On defense, the Eagles have to really worry about the Rams' offensive passing game. They have receivers like Cooper Cup and Robert Woods, who are very, very good receivers, very underrated in my opinion. Um, you're going to see Cooper Cup on Nikhil Roby Coleman. I like the I like our odds, odds there. And then Robert Woods is going to be on Darius Slay. So the Eagles match up pretty well but you can't completely write them off. It's not like Woods and Cup are both going to go for under 30 yards or just two receptions like what Slay gave up on McLaurin. It's not going to be like that. You know, they still got a good tight end, so Jalen Mills has a, his hands full against Tyler Higby. Uh, Rodney McLeod is going to make sure that everything stays tight in front of him as the free safety, but the secondary has a rough task, and the Rams love especially now that Todd Gurley's gone, they love to rotate these running backs. They have Malcolm Brown, Daryl Henderson, and rookie Cam Akers. So Malcolm Brown, it looks to be the lead back. He's a little bit stronger, a little bit more powerful. So I like the Eagles' chances there because they have a great interior um, pass defense, you know, great defensive tackles. But, um, you know, you still got to worry about it because they can throw many different plays at you in many different schemes with many different running backs. So... You know, it's going to be a close game. 
I wouldn't imagine the Eagles are going to come out of nowhere and start 17-0 again and you know run up the score on the Rams because the Rams are a lot better than Washington. And Washington won by two scores against the Eagles. So I'm expecting a close game, hoping for a win. If the Eagles don't win this game, I think it's, you know, I, I try to be, I know Eagles fans are pretty toxic. They can be pretty, um, you know, aggressive with their takes. You know, in 2018, um, a friend of mine, the Eagles were counted out almost every single week. They, their playoff chances was down to like 1% or 3%, something like that, something ridiculous, and they end up making the playoffs. But every single week, Eagles were losing games after losing games. Carson Wentz gets injured, and he would say to me every week, it's time to just tank, look forward to the draft, season's over. I'm like, I'm not thinking that way. Especially if the Eagles go 0-2 after just two weeks, yes, that is a terrible start, especially for what they were supposed to do this year, but you still have 14 more games. Obviously, you're not going to probably go 14-2, and but the Eagles, you know, went nine and seven last year, and it's not like you know the world is over after the loss. They lost two games. They had a, lo- a lot of rough losses, so they can turn things around. But the only concerning thing is the second half of their schedule is very, very tough. Again, you play teams like the Saints, the Ravens. You still got the Cowboys to play. It's rough. They they already lost to Washington. What says that they can't do it again? So the Eagles got to turn it around. Doug Peterson needs to make sure that he is prioritizing this offense because the defense, there's not too much to worry about. Obviously, there's some injuries there, but they played pretty well, in my opinion. The offense struggled heavily. You need to put points on the board early, and you need to extend the lead. No more you know, calm, comfortable play calling just because you're up 17-0. I think this is definitely going to light a fire on the Eagles because they gave up 27 unanswered points, um, and they really didn't do much about it. They kept turning the ball over, kept making poor decisions. Nobody was stepping up. Uh, I would like to see them continue to develop the deep ball between Jalen Rager and Deshaun Jackson, getting throws by Car- from Carson Wentz. But, man, bold predictions. Let's get into that, um, and then I'll give you my score prediction. I'm going to pick a bold prediction for offense and a bold prediction for defense. I'm going to say, yet again, I know this isn't really bold because it just happened last week. I'm going to say Dallas Goddard outgains Zach Ertz by over 70 yards in receiving yards. Um, I'm not going to throw touchdowns in there because I think that's bold enough as it is just because Dallas Goddard's the backup to Zach Ertz. They love running two tight end sets, but if that happens next week, you bet we're going to be talking about Zacherts and Dallas Goddard because there's already stuff going on. I, I want to take the attention away from that because, you know, there's more important things going on, like a 27 to 17 loss against Washington. But if that happens again, man, we got to start worrying uh, about Zacherts' future. There's already there's already reason to worry. But um, if Goddard shows promise again as a starting tight end and Ertz shows disappointment yet again, oof. We're going to have a discussion, so look forward to that. But, um, you know, I love Ertz, but, you know, Goddard played well. The Eagles loved to target Goddard against the against Washington, and he did really well. He stepped up, and he showed me that he could be a starter. I think they're going to try it again. I think he's going to get 70 more receiving yards. It could be 70 re- receiving yards to zero receiving yards, or it could be 130 to 60. We'll see, but I think he's going to outgame Outgain Ertz by at least 70 receiving yards. There's my bold prediction on offense. On defense, 
Nicole Roby Coleman is going to step up against his former team. He's going to get an interception. He's also going to limit Cooper Cup to under 50 yards. Very good game for Nicole Roby Coleman coming up. You better take that to the bank. I think he is going to step up heavily. He's going to have a great game. Darius Slay is going to play well. The whole defense, looking forward to them. Hope Derek Barnett is back. That's going to help the defensive line immensely, especially with um, Vinnie Curry out for several weeks now with the lower body injury. But those are my bold predictions. Score prediction, I'm going to go with Eagles win. It's going to be a close one. I think it's going to be pretty high scoring. Going to go with 28 Eagles, 24 Rams coming down to the wire. But, um, you know, the Eagles have dominated the Rams in the past. You know, beat them in 2017, beat them in 2018. Both very pivotal games in the season. Um, I think they're they're going to be fired up for this game. Back at home, obviously no fans like I mentioned. But back at home, they're going to be excited, ready to go. Um, I'm not too worried. You know, I have a lot of faith in this team no matter what they showed me on Sunday. Because I know Carson Wentz. I know what he can do. I know what they can do once they're fully healthy or not fully healthy, but back to at least moderate health and they don't have seven starters not even playing the game. So I'm excited. Um, My hope hasn't diminished at all on the Eagles season. I'm looking forward to what they can do, but that's going to wrap it up for this podcast. Um, Again, we're releasing podcasts every single Wednesday at midnight. Make sure you subscribe on your favorite platform. So right when it comes out at midnight, it's ready to go Wednesday morning. You can uh, listen to us on your way to work, while you're at work, let's do us, um, you know, at the gym, while you're making a meal, whenever, we got you covered here at Eagles, or uh, Birds Banter, presented to you by PHL Sports Nation, make sure you guys are using the Thrive Fantasy Prop Betting app, it's an amazing app, um, you know, a lot of these, excuse me, fantasy services, you know, you have to do a lot of research, because I know FanDuel, for instance, it's like an auction, you have a certain amount of money, you spend it on a high caliber player like, you know, Miles Sanders, and then all of a sudden you waste a lot of money and you have to pick backup running backs, backup wide receivers. You got to do a little bit of research, see if they can actually put some points on the board for you. No. Thrive Fantasy takes that out of the question. You don't have to do research. The bets that you make are on the top players in the league. They have different props for different situations. If you use code BBP, as in Birds Banter Podcast, again, BBP. You get $20 towards your first bet of $20 or more. It's basically risk free. I'm giving you $20. You make a bet worth $20, or you can do more if you want. We're only, we give you up to $20. And um, you can bet freely, again, on players that you know, players that you were familiar with. So, no brainer, in my opinion. Make sure you check out Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or the Play Store. Um, thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you for uh, supporting the Birds Banter podcast. Again, check us out on Instagram, Birds Banter PHL, for Monday live question and answers. Um, get your questions in. Tune in with us. It's a great time. And if you miss it on Monday, you can check it out on Instagram TV on our account. So thank you again. Um, looking forward to the game on Sunday. And as always, go Birds. Thank <laughs> you.